Now, we are delighted to have uh, Dr. Uh, McRae with us. Dr. McRae comes amongst us as a man of God. I'm very pleased that, to say that I, I know him, not only as a colleague in the ministry, as a brother in the Lord, but as a dear friend. And I believe we're specially honored at this time to have God's servant amongst us. He is many things, and you already know that. But he comes amongst us as a preacher of the gospel. And as it was said on Thursday night by Dr. Ron Johnson, he said that he didn't think you could go over the course of the country and find a better, plainer, clearer gospel preacher than Dr. McRae. And we're going to ask him. He's going to sing now to us. While traveling over country As through this vain world I trod I read from the sign by the highway Side by the side of this 
for the shine by the side of the road. What can wash away my stain? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. But the blood of Jesus For my cleansing This I see Nothing but the blood of Jesus For my pardon This my plea Nothing but the blood servant for those two lovely messages in song. We're especially delighted, as I've said, to welcome to our pulpit for the very first time 
Dr. William McRae. Uh, we view the Lord's servant as a man of God. We know that the Lord has blessed him with many gifts and talents. And as was announced on Thursday night, I already knew this, his special gift is the ability to preach the gospel. And we do thank the Lord's servant for agreeing to come and look uh, and preach during this time of gospel mission. We're going to ask them now to come to the pulpit. Thank you. Let's open our Bibles together, please. We're turning to the epistle, the first epistle in general of Peter, and the chapter number one. And can I thank you for coming? And I pray that God will bless us as we gather round God's precious word. Do come night after night. I'll be making that effort to come. I trust that you will do likewise and that you'll encourage others to come in under the sound of the word of God. The Bible says that we are to go out into the highways and byways and compel them. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean that you're to grab them by the scruff of the neck, but it says lovingly persuade. That's what the word uh, compel is, lovingly persuade. And so, therefore, I trust that you will do that and that God will give you that desire. Remember this, this mission, it will be recorded for eternity. And it's only what's done for the Lord will last. And I pray that you'll not uh, regret when the mission's passed and said, I wish I had uh, gone after someone uh, to bring them under the sound of the word of God. Now's your opportunity. God's giving you a blessed opportunity. And may God help us to take it in his precious and in his lovely name. First Peter chapter 1, commencing to read at verse number 13. Wherefore, gird up the loins of your minds, be sober, and hope to the end, for the grace that is to be brought unto you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. As obedient children, not fashioning yourselves according to the former lusts in your ignorance, but as he which hath called you is holy, so be ye holy in all manner of conversation, because it is written, Be ye holy, for I am holy. And if ye call on the Father, who without respect of persons judgeth according to every man's work, pass the time of your sojourning here in fear. For as much as ye know that ye were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold, from your vain conversation received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ, as of a lamb, without blemish and without spot, who verily was foreordained before the foundation of the world, but was manifest in these last times for you, who by him do believe in God, that raised him up from the dead, and gave him glory, that your faith and hope might be in God. Amen, and we know that God will add his blessing to the reading of his word. Let's bow our heads for a wee word of prayer. Let's seek the face of God together. Heavenly Father, we thank thee for thy precious word. We thank thee that thy word is forever settled in heaven, that thy word cannot and will not change. Amen. Though heaven and earth may pass away, my word shall never pass away. And so, Lord, we thank thee for the certainty and the assurance of a book that we have that is the infallible, inspired, inerrant word of the living God. And, Lord, we pray that by thy Holy Spirit that thou will take of thy word, that thou wilt write it, upon each and every one of our hearts. Do this for Jesus' sake and for his glory and his honor alone. Amen. Amen. I want us to look at two verses of this passage of God's word. Just open your Bible there at verse 18 and 19 of the first epistle of Peter, chapter 1. And it's these words, 
For as much as ye know that ye were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold from your vain conversation received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. Now, Peter, under the inspiration of the Spirit of God, is writing to believers who have gone through fiery troubles. And you know, the Bible says, many are the afflictions of the righteous. Well, don't forget the rest of the verse, but the Lord delivereth them out of them all. And many people have got this idea that somehow when a person gets saved, that that removes their trials or their troubles, and life's going to just be swimmingly off to glory, just uh, all glory all the way. But friend, you and I know that the Bible also says, man that is born of a woman is a few days and full of trouble. And so we find that these believers here, they were going through fiery trials. And so what did they need in the midst of this? They needed a word of encouragement. They needed a word to lift them up when they were down and facing the troubles or the fiery trials that they had to face. And so we find under the inspiration of God, Peter is reminding them of what God has done for them in and through Jesus Christ. Because remember, all the blessings we have today as a child of God are in Christ and through Christ Jesus alone. We are so richly blessed. We sing a wee chorus. We are blessed. We are blessed every day of our lives. We are blessed. From we wake up in the morning to lay our heads at rest, we are blessed. We are so richly blessed. And in Christ Jesus, this wonderful salvation that we have, we've got to realize the rich blessings that we have. My, if you're saved this afternoon... You ought to be the happiest person in all the world because in the midst of your trials, thank God Jesus is there. In the midst of your heartaches, thank God he's there. In the midst of every situation, thank God the Lord has said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. I often wonder how the ungodly face the trials of life without Jesus. I often wonder how they face the, the doctor coming in and telling them about that incurable disease and they're staring in the very face of death itself and they haven't an anchor for their soul. How do they face it? How do they face the realities of life and death and God's eternity without the Lord? But thank God those of us today who are in Christ don't have to worry about those things because we have placed our lives, our deaths, our eternity in the hands of the Lord. And thank God he'll never fail us, neither will he let us go. Now you'll notice in verse number 18 it says this, For as much as ye know that ye were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold. Notice the words first of all. Ye know. Here is something that the Holy Spirit of God has placed in their hearts that these believers uh, that Peter's writing to, they have this assurance, they have this knowledge, this wonderful knowledge. It's something that they know. The hymn writer wrote the words, Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. And friend, let me tell you, it's wonderful when you know that you're saved and you know that you're on your way to heaven and that you know that your heavenly Father is watching over you every step of the journey uh, until he takes you home. 
And here is something it says, we know that we were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold. Now, this is something that they have not learned of themselves because this knowledge is something that is given to them and brought to them through the blessed speaking and leading and the guiding of the Holy Spirit himself. Paul was able to say this, I know whom I have believed. And I'm persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. I know whom I have believed. I know the Lord. He was also able to say this. He said, we know that all things work together for good to them that love the Lord. Not some things, not most things, but all things. He says, we know it. We know it. I wonder, do you know that today? Do you know this in the depths of your soul? Can you say, brother, I know that. I know that no matter what I'm going through, that God has promised to work all things together for my good. Do you remember Joseph looking back over his life when he stepped into the presence of his brothers? Remember, they had sold him into and put him down into the pit and sold him into bondage and thought they were getting rid of him. And God had wonderfully preserved him. And you know, whenever his father died, they were afraid. What was Joseph going to do now? What was Joseph? Why was he going to get his own back on them? What did Joseph say? You meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. He knew that God was in control. He knew that God was in control, not of something, but God was in control of all things. And friend, I tell you, that will help you through your trials. That will help you through your sicknesses. The Word of God says we know that all things work together for good. Here's knowledge which is given to us. Then John writing in 1 John chapter 2, he says, Hereby know that we are in him. We can know this, that we are in Christ. We can have the blessed knowledge of knowing that we are secure in Jesus Christ. The Word of God also goes on to say, we know in 1 John 3, 14, we know that we have passed from death unto life. Well, this is blessed knowledge, isn't it? 1 John chapter 5, verse 13. These things have I written unto you that ye might know that ye have eternal life. My friend, to know it, blessed knowledge, blessed assurance. And here we find that uh, Peter, under the inspiration of the Spirit of God, is saying, listen, here is something you know. What, is, what does he know? He says, Ye know, he says, that ye were not redeemed with corruptible things. Now, the word redeemed, that word redeemed, whenever the Jewish believers were reading that, there is something that they would remember. You see, with that word, that word redeemed, you know what's first mentioned in the Bible? It's mentioned in, in Exodus chapter 6 and the verse 6, and this is what it says. Wherefore say unto the children of Israel, I am the Lord... I will bring you out from under the burden of the Egyptians. I will rid you of their bondage. I will redeem you Amen. with a stretched out arm and with great judgments. There's the first mention. It's a mention concerning redemption, deliverance. Delivering them, and they would remember how that God had delivered the people, the Jewish people, out of the bondage of Egypt. And thank God today, this afternoon, those who are saved today can have that blessed assurance that we are redeemed out of the bondage of sin. The word of God said, sin shall not have dominion over you. 
once we were in the slave market of sin. Thank God we have been redeemed. Why? Because our ransom was paid. That's why we're free. The ransom, listen, what was the ransom? What was that? Well, it says here, it says, ye were not redeemed with corruptible things. You're not bought. Yes, you are bought with a price, but you're not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold. But you say to me, but silver and gold doesn't corrupt. When you have silver in your hand, my silver can be kept for years. Silver doesn't corrupt or, or gold that doesn't corrupt. The word of God says you're not redeemed with corruptible things. What does that mean? It means perishable things. And the idea behind that is short-lived. In other words, that which has a brief significance. And friend, let me tell you, silver and gold has only a brief significance for you and for me. And I'll tell you why. Because you can, listen, you can put a silver coin in the hand or wag it in the face of a dead man. But he'll not smile. He'll not reach out his hand for to receive it. My friend, he'll not grab it. Why? Because he's dead. You see, it, it only has a significance for a short while. The short while of life. And you and I have only... You and I have only a short day in this old world. And the word of God is telling us here, you're not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold. Those things that are, yes, they're valuable for only a short while. But you're redeemed by the precious blood of Christ. Now the things that money, silver and gold, there's things money can buy. Money can buy cars. Money can buy houses. Money can even buy friendships. But friend, I tell you this, there's things that money can't buy. Money cannot buy true love. And money cannot buy eternal life. You see, there's things that money's absolutely useless. You see, the slave was standing in the slave market. And my, there was someone come in and paid the price of that man's freedom and set him free. The price, the ransom price, had to be paid. And let us never forget that those who are saved today, remember, the Lord has redeemed us. He bought us with a price. He purchased us. He bought my soul, the hymn writer said, with his blood, with his blood at Calvary. It says here, you're not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold from your vain conversation received by tradition of your father. What does that mean? What does that mean? Well, the vain is the word empty. Remember in the book of Ecclesiastes, the word is vanity of vanity. All is vanity, said the preacher. That word means emptiness of emptiness. Now, who was the person who was writing? Here was the person writing there in the book of Ecclesiastes. And friend, he had got everything that money could buy. He had built houses. My, he had built greater houses. He had gardens. He had everything that money could buy. Do you know what he said? He said, I hated life. I hate life. Because he found that it couldn't buy happiness. It was empty. And with all that he had, it was just emptiness. The vain conversation. What does that mean? The word conversation doesn't simply mean the words of your lips. It means the, the manner of your living. In other words, empty living. Empty. And that's what people's living today. They're living empty lives. You know, men and women, it could be written over so many 
coming to the end of the journey of life. And looking back over their lives, they could just say this, wasted years, wasted years. What was the point of their living? If I asked you this question, friend, if you were to sum up your life that God has given you, tell me, how would you sum it up? What is your life? What does it really mean? What is your living? God has given you breath. God has given you health. God has given you strength. But what are you living for? Whenever you come to the end of the journey and you're summing up the, the existence that you have had, tell me, what does it mean? The Word of God says here, it's pointless, useless, fruitless, meaningless, vain, vain. In other words, it can do nothing for you. That manner of living that was handed to you down by your forefathers. And all the while, people are living empty, miserable lives because they're living in their sin. You're not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold. But then very quickly notice what we are redeemed with. Look at verse number 19. But, but, you're redeemed with the precious blood of Christ. I want you to think about that this afternoon because I was singing about that. What can wash away my stain? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. And it's only the blood of Jesus Christ that can redeem us. Money cannot buy your way to heaven, friend. Thank God for those that give to the house of God and to the work of God and keep the work of God going. But friend, if that's what you're allowing to get you through the pearly gates, you'll never be there. You see, you can't buy your way to heaven. You see, it was already, the way to heaven was purchased in the coinage of the Savior's precious blood. Notice the great contrast here. You are redeemed by the precious blood of Christ. And all of earth's gold and silver, it passes away. You know whenever I think of how it loses its value? I was just thinking back, whenever I came to Macrofelt, first of all, and Anne and I got married, some 47 years ago, the house that was bought in Macrofelt was, was bought for 6300 And, uh, you know, you, you couldn't even put down the first part of a mortgage for that today. They wouldn't accept that for a mortgage for your first payment. And that was the full payment of the house, just how quickly the value of money really really changes. So the world looks upon silver and gold as precious. But this is what the Word of God says. You're not redeemed with those things, but you're redeemed with something that is precious. It's the precious blood of Christ. Now the word precious is valuable, highly prized, desirable, costly. We are redeemed. We are bought back from the slave market of sin by the precious blood of Christ. His blood is said here to be the precious blood. Speaks of the infinite value, the infinite worth of the precious blood of Jesus. Its value is beyond calculation today. It's the precious blood of Christ. Now, we haven't time, but I'll tell you, there's a lovely study in the Word of God, just precious things. For example, we're told that life is precious. And so it is. 
Have you seen many a person? And maybe whether they're old or whether they're young, and my, when they're coming to the end of the journey, they're still fighting for life. Why? Because life's precious. It is. And then the Word of God tells us that not only is our life precious, but the Bible tells us that the redemption of the soul is precious. Our souls are precious. Remember what Jesus said? Watch it, a prophet of man, if he gain the whole world and lose his own soul. What shall a man give in exchange for his soul? The Bible tells us the precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. And even the death of the child of God, friend, in the sight of God, that's precious. The psalmist tells us, How precious are thy thoughts unto me, O God. The very thoughts of God. Recorded in his precious word. How precious are thy thoughts unto me. How precious are the thoughts of God even for us. God thinks, he says, yet the Lord thinketh. I am poor and needy, says the psalmist. Yet the Lord thinketh on me. Peter, in his epistles, he talks about the trial of your faith being more precious than of gold. And second, or Peter talks about precious stone. He talks about precious Savior. He talks about precious faith. He talks about precious promises. But it talks here about precious blood. You're not redeemed with corruptible things, but by the precious blood of Christ. I remember old Pastor Paisley. Dr. Paisley's father, the night that I was being interviewed for the Free Presbyterian Ministry, and Dr. Paisley and the members of Presbytery were interviewing me, first of all, down in the pulpit in Ballymena, and old Pastor Paisley was sitting in the pulpit. And after I was interviewed, he called me over and he said this, young man, let me give you a word of advice. I says, what is it, sir? He says, son, will your preaching make much of the blood. Amen. Make much of the blood. And friend, the sad reality is today that many churches and, and they're, they're silent about the all talk about the cross. But somehow they don't want to talk about the blood. We are not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold. We are redeemed by the precious blood of Christ. That's what the word of God says. Our redemption is a costly redemption. It's the precious blood. Our deliverance from sin was purchased by the precious blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. And very simply, in closing moments, let me tell you what I have through the blood. First of all, I have pardon from sin through the blood of Jesus. Turn to the book of Ephesians chapter 1 very quickly. Ephesians chapter 1 and the verse number 7. Ephesians 1 and the verse 7. It's a lovely verse. And this is what it says. Ephesians chapter 1 and the verse number 7 says this. In whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins. It's interesting to notice that in some of the modern versions 
that are in churches today, even in so-called evangelical churches. You'll read Ephesians 1, and this is what it says. In whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. But there's something missing through his blood. There is no redemption except through his blood. There is no pardon from sin except through his blood. There is no forgiveness of sin through, but except through his blood. It's the blood of Jesus Christ, God's Son, that cleanses us from all sin. What can wash away my stain? That's what the hymn writer said. Nothing but. Thank God it didn't stop at nothing. But it's nothing but the blood of Jesus. There was a famous preacher, British preacher. His name was called Dr. Berry. Dr. Berry was a great orator. People came from near and far to hear this great orator speak because he had such power and authority in his words. And how he spoke, it was so scholarly. He mastered the English language that people came just to hear him speak. But Dr. Berry, although a preacher, did not know Christ. And then one day, Dr. Berry tells us a story. One day, a young woman came and she begged Dr. Berry to come and speak to her dying mother before she went out into eternity. She said, Dr. Berry kept my mother in. Kept my mother in. Dr. Berry made his way in the back streets of that city and finally came into a little hovel and there in the corner was lying a dying woman. He sat down beside that dying woman and he started to speak to her. And he remembered some of the extracts of some of his mighty sermons that people were so taken with. And he started to speak about these extracts of those acclaimed and learned messages that he, he was so proud of. The dying woman with tears in her eyes looked into Dr. Berry's face and she said, no, not that. Please, sir, get me in. And after some time watching her there in her dying bed, Dr. Berry remembered something he learned at a mother's knee. As a child, he remembered the story of the cross, of how that Jesus Christ died for sinners and shed his precious blood. He started to tell her about the cross work of Jesus Christ. A smile came over the dying woman's face. She said, that's better. That's better. He told her how God sent his son into the world to seek and to save that which is lost. And because of his death on behalf of sinners, that we can have eternal life through his precious blood we can be clean and suddenly the woman she cried preacher that's it that's it his blood his blood can make me clean and that dying woman called on Jesus Christ to cleanse her from her sin through his precious blood she rested her soul upon what Jesus did 
at the cross of Calvary. And this is what Dr. Bernie said. He says, you know that day, that day under God, I got her in. But he said, that day, I slipped in too. And that day, in a little hovel with a dying woman's bed, the great preacher realized there was nothing but the blood could cleanse him from his sin. And friend, I want to tell you today, thank God there is good news for men and women in this meeting today, boys and girls, is there's power in the blood. The blood of Jesus Christ, God's Son, cleanseth us from all sin. There is pardon from our sins. There's, there's forgiveness of sin. You and I can be forgiven. Your sins. Do you remember the wee woman that came to the feet of Jesus? And she knelt down at Jesus behind Jesus' feet. And she wept at Jesus' feet. And then... She dried his, her feet, his feet with her hair. And that woman, Jesus said that day, Woman, thy sins, which are many, are forgiven thee. Not mighty. You know your sins can be forgiven. You say, but you don't know me. That's right. But God knows all about it. He knows all about you. Let me tell you, he knows you better than you know yourself. You see those sins that you've forgotten? He remembers. They're in his book. They're recorded in the book of God, friend. You see those sinful and evil works that you have done? Listen, they're in the word of God. They're in the book of God for the day of judgment, the day when man shall stand before God. And that dear unconverted person, at the end of their journey, my friend, they'll stand and the books are opened. And when the book is opened, and the life that you really lived is read, and every sin in that book, friend, every last sin in thought, in word, in deed, recorded by God himself, will cry for justice and demand punishment. No, friend, you'll not be wondering at the end of the judgment, am I going to hell? No, no. For every one of them demands hell. And judgment forever. And then shall he say unto you, sinner, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye cursed. And that's what sin does. Sin curses your soul. Sin stains your soul. Sin at the end of the journey will damn your soul for all eternity. Isaiah 59 says, Your sins have separated between you and God. A gulf between you and God. You say to me, preacher, has it to be that way? Is there no hope? 
Praise God, there is. The blood of Jesus Christ, God's Son, cleanseth from all sin. You see, down there in Israel, the night the death angel was passing through, down in Egypt, the death angel was passing through. And the children of Israel were told to slay the lamb. Yes, they could have slain the lamb. They could have put the lamb's blood in the basin. And had they kept it there, the death angel would have entered in. But you see, the blood had to be applied. And friends, let me tell you, Jesus Christ shed his precious blood upon the cross of Calvary. But for the pardon of your sin, the blood of Christ must be applied to your heart. You've got to come by faith and claim what Jesus did on the cross of Calvary for you. And receive him as your Savior. And the word of God says, as many as receive him, to them give he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe in his name. Yes, through the blood, you've pardoned. You know what he says in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 17? Listen to these words. Your sins and iniquities. Notice, your sins and iniquities. Said that to me too. Your sins and iniquities. This is what he says. I will remember no more. He not only is willing to forgive you your sin, but thank God in that forgiveness, he forgets your sin. And the devil, who's the accuser of the brethren, he'll cast your sins up into your face. But let me tell you, the God of heaven says, Thy sins and iniquities will I remember no more. And where the blood's applied, thank God you're safe. Have you been to Jesus for the cleansing power? Very quickly. Not only do we have the precious blood of Jesus Christ to cleanse us from our sin and give us pardon. But the word of God tells us that through the blood we have peace with God. In the book of Colossians chapter 1 and verse 20, having made peace through the blood of his cross. Yes. Do you remember what the woman I told you a moment ago that came to the feet of Jesus? Do you remember what Jesus said to her? He says, woman, thy sins, which are many, are forgiven thee. But that wasn't the end of his words. Read it in Luke chapter 7. Then he says this, go in peace. You see, whenever your sins are pardoned, then something wonderful happens. There comes the peace of God. Romans tells us, being justified by faith, we have peace 
with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Justified by faith, we have peace with God. See, at the cross, the work was done. Jesus Christ, Christ cried on the cross of Calvary. He said, it's finished. Finished. It is finished. And in the original, it simply means done. Work's done. And all that was needed for the redemption of my soul, thank God it was done at the cross. Jesus paid it all. There's some preachers, and the way they preach is this, somehow that Christ put down the down payment, and then you've got to pay the rest for the rest of the journey. Let me tell you, at the cross of Calvary, Christ put down no down payment. Christ paid it all. Redemption. Redemption's price was fully paid. Yes, I owed a debt that I couldn't pay. He paid a debt he didn't know. But praise God, he paid it for me. I in debt to God, but thank God, Christ Jesus, the Son of God, stepped out of the glory. And he went to the cross of Calvary, and he bare my sin upon his own body on the tree. The wages of sin was death. And that's what Jesus came to do. He came to die for me. Instead of me, the substitutionary death of Jesus Christ upon the cross. That's why I say today, Upon a life I did not live. Upon a death I did not die. Another's life, another's death. I rest my whole eternity. You ask me, preacher, are you sure of heaven? Praise God, I am. How? Because Christ Jesus died. He paid it all at the cross. In whom we have redemption through his blood. The forgiveness of sins. According to the riches of his grace. You see, there's only one you need today. It's not the church. And it's not the preacher. You need Christ. And as I finish, I ask you this question. Have you been to Jesus for the cleansing blood? Are you washed in the blood of a lamb? Are you fully trusting in his grace this hour? Are you washed in the blood of that. Maybe there's someone here and you're saying, no, but I was baptized, preacher. Let me tell you, friend, 
Water can never wash away your sin, your sinner's stain. Only the blood of Jesus. Will you come to him? You say, how do I come? The hymn writer put it like this. Just as I am. Without one plea. I have nothing to plea. I have no merits. I don't deserve God's salvation. I don't deserve heaven. You see, it's not upon my merits. It's according to his mercy. You don't plead your merits before God today. You plead the mercy of God. God be merciful to me, the sinner. And I'll guarantee you, he'll save you. He'll hear your cry. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank thee for thy word today. We thank thee for the power of the blood of Jesus to cleanse the vilest sinner. And I pray that by thy Holy Spirit that thou wilt, Lord, just take thy word and, oh, don't let one go away without you, Lord. Give them grace this day to call upon you and be saved, to know their sins forgiven, to pardon, to peace through the precious blood the perfect Savior. In Jesus' name. Amen. Can I simply say, friend, if there's someone here today and you're not saved, you've never been to Jesus, I beg you in God's name, don't go home that way. Don't go home a stranger to God and to his grace. But come to him. Come by faith. Rest upon the work of his cross and be saved. Brother Lachlan and myself, we're here as God's servants. We'll gladly point you to Christ. Don't miss God's salvation.